Go, Chris. Goodbye, my friend, it's hard to die When all the birds are singing in Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen of the internet, to the 100th episode of the podcast Love the Graps. Um, this is part two, part B of our 100th episode Q&A. Um, this is proving to be quite the ordeal. <laughs> um, it is mammoth episode, uh, double episode, triple episode. Who knows where this will end? Um, but we are going to dive right in um, with some more questions. If you haven't listened to part one, you should go and do that. Um, so here we are with part two. We're going to kick off with another question from uh, Stereo Michael. Or is it the first question? It's the first question. Um uh, Jake Starkweather on on the Facebook, um, and he is asking: uh, In all the shows the two of you have been to together, what's the single most awkward, uncomfortable moment you and an audience have shared? Anything jump to mind? Well, I mean, there there are two classic examples that I use. One you weren't there for, right? So doesn't really count for this. But I was there with um, with Stereo Michael. Okay, um, and that was at a Southside show where the the action left the ring, um, and because it, it was in a leisure centre, yeah, uh, they ended up in the swimming pool next door. Oh right, um, yeah. Except that of the crowd of about five hundred, um, only about twenty people followed the action into the swimming pool. That's all, and everyone yeah. else just stood, just kind of staring at an empty ring. Yeah, um, thinking, all right, yeah, yeah. So that was quite awkward. Um, I think the same year, uh, there was the incident of progress. Um, right, yeah. Uh, which was their, their show uh, right after the Brexit vote. Yeah. Um, and Jim made a bit of a speech um, about how we should all come together. I mean, we shouldn't um, if, you know, if you voted the wrong way. Well, it would be nice if everybody bad changed their minds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but the, somebody took exception to that and uh, there was a bit of a contretemps. Imagine taking exception to somebody saying, can't we all just, can we all just get along? Yeah. Like, no, <laughs> you mean get along with what you, you want, don't yeah. you? That's what you mean. Yeah. And it is what he meant. Yeah. yeah. And, and also he'd won. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, his yeah. side had won. So um, but yeah. basically he kicked off. And everybody was like, "Oh, this is weird," yeah, and he really got awkward. he got kicked out. Yeah, I think there was a bit of a kerfuffle. Yeah, physical. Um, and he was removed. Yeah, that was very awkward. Yeah, that was. A- um, I guess there are other little things that are kind of um, I've found awkward and not been a fan of, mm. but maybe the whole, that wasn't a reflection on the whole crowd. Things like Martina Session Moth doing a lap dance yeah. with somebody on a stag do yeah. at Fight Club Pro. Not a fan. No, not a fan of that. No, um, there was a moment last night at Eve, yeah, uh, where Antoine de Corn, um, of Eurotrash, right, uh, jumped in the ring to celebrate with uh, the Vic- one of the victorious teams at the end of uh, one of the Shiva series matches, and um, I don't think anybody in the room wanted him there. I mean, obviously, uh, the Reeds wanted him there because. Know, it's it's publicity for for Eve that they're going to appear on whatever show he's doing well, now. Oh, that um, is an awkward one, though. Yeah, but everyone else was just like, "Can you just fuck off, please? We really don't want to see this anymore." I mean, Anton Decon and Eurotrash was a show that made fun of the weird stuff that it yeah. was presenting. Is that is that the kind of thing that Eve want to attract? No idea. And in fact, when um when I arrived, uh, he was filming a bit in my parking space outside the res ground. So Son of a bitch! Already got off to a bad bad start with him. But um yeah, uh, everybody there. And also on a, on, a, on a recent one as well, uh, Schadenfreude last week. I think everybody kind of wanted that ending to to, to really uh, the fight could play one hundred the night before Schadenfreude. Yes, yeah. Um, I think everyone was just kind of like. Can we yeah, go, can that, we go home now? That was a weird one because it, it just it kind of just went on, didn't it? Yeah. It's like, oh, now do we go? Are we yeah. supposed? Are they are they supposed to be turning us off? It is that what yeah. they're trying to do? 
Um, there have been any like there must have been examples of this, but something like it's not jumping to mind. So this might be a terrible thing to to sort of prompt. But are there any like bits of comedy that have just fell completely flat? Um, not that I can think of, but there must be like we we've railed against it. I mean, Matt Taylor Richards had uh, as always has always been prone to a couple of little. I mean, um, the stuff flubs that, 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 um, that doesn't work for us. Yeah. Um, well, that's other people. People are asking us the question, although yeah. I guess the question is collectively, um, what do you think was embarrassing for everyone? I mean, uh, you know, not embarrassing for everyone, but I felt a little bit embarrassed and a bit weirded out like I'd walked into some kind of weird cult when we were at PCW earlier this year and yeah. um, Apollo Crews came out to that weird ooha music. Yeah. And everybody loved it and got into it. And I was just kind of like, the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that like, yeah, I think there are plenty of times when us as, I mean, not, not necessarily individuals, but as this love the graps um, yeah. duo of looked sideways at each other and been like, Hey, what, what's this all about? Yeah. Um, I mean, there, there was an instance at Fight Club Pro where Matt Taylor Richards made a joke about um, <laughs> <laughs> about uh, the session goth yeah. uh, Martina when she came out to try and be friends with Jimmy Havoc, and he he said his joke was, and I quote or at least I paraphrase, uh, a session goth her uh, Edgar Allan Poe literature is her sexting. Edgar Allan Poe literature <laughs> is sexed into the session goth. I, I, I think you you haven't delivered it in the correct intonation. Mm. Uh, Edgar Allan Poe literature <laughs> is sexting. We felt very. I mean, maybe there's that. a maybe we need to workshop it some more. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, well, so uh yeah so a bunch of embarrassing stuff um i think actually that would be a fun thread wouldn't it to get people to to sort of talk about um might might save some of these up over the coming months pose them to uh to members of the facebook group yeah um right so next question uh meg hewitt yeah um meg's feeling a lot better uh broke her arm a few weeks ago feeling a lot better feeling a lot better i'm physio on her arm Good. I'm never going to repeat that middle class mistake. <laughs> um, she says, thoughts on referees? Best in the UK? What makes a good ref? Thoughts on referees? Um, I don't like them. No. <laughs> Horrible. Um, you know, I, not wrestling referees. I had to stop Sunday morning football because I fucking hated referees. Yeah. Yeah. No contrition. Like, we all make mistakes, but there was no contrition. And it got to the point where I was... I would end every Sunday morning just fucking livid at this idiot who'd ruined my game. It's weird, isn't it? Like, sort of amateur sports referees are like people who just aren't good enough to to even do the amateur yeah. sport. Yeah. Or they're like, I know I'm not going to get picked on a regular basis, but if I do this, I'm going to be yeah. in demand. Or I choose to do this bit. Yeah, I don't want the fun of playing this sport. <laughs> I want to ruin it for everyone. It's a power else. trip. It's a bloody yeah. power trip, isn't it? Um, but uh, wrestling referees, um, the best in the UK. Yeah. Um, Chris Roberts is up there. Yeah, he, I mean, he's got he, he's he has got his, his he's got his failings, but yeah, um, you know, he's he's consistent and he ha- carries himself as a referee. Yeah. Um, Joel Allen. Yep, definitely. Um, great referee. Uh, the the good thing I find with Joel is generally I like a ref to be. Uh, Small and weedy, yeah. Um, because they should enhance the 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 wrestlers in the ring, um, and they should also not be in the way a lot. Um, and if you're smaller, it's easier yeah. to do that. Um, not like the big round fellow at Ring of Honor. Um, <laughs> he, he's always in the way. Todd Sinclair. Um, but with um, with Joel, there's there is a, a kind of thing there that the the wrestlers aren't going to try it on with him because he's got a bit of physical presence to himself. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they do. You know, he has been beaten up a few times, but a lot of the times it's, you know, he'll deliver his terrible stunner. Um, <laughs> and he'll go from there. Um, recently, I've really, because we've only really seen him a lot recently, yeah. um, I've really come to appreciate the work of Tom Scarborough. Yeah, he's a very good ref. He's yeah. um, he, he, one of the best things the refs can do and probably one of the best compliments that you could give a ref is that 
I didn't notice you. Yeah. And he's very good at that. He's just, he's there. He's keeping everything moving. Yeah. And Joel's good at this. And Robert's when he's not. See, Robert, I think Chris Robert's problem is whenever he has to get involved, it becomes a distraction. Yes. When he's doing the refereeing, mm. he's great. Um, but when he gets dragged into it, it's like, oh, God. Yeah. The best referees as well will will be at think on their feet. Yeah. As as much as, as the wrestlers. Yeah. Um, yeah. A good Roberts example, I remember. I went to the cockpit once and it was um, Tommy End and Michael Dante. What were they called? Sumerian Death Sumerian Squad. Sumerian Death Squad against two Unlimited. Yeah. Cool. Um, what a combination. Yeah. Uh, and there was a bit where one of two Unlimited was a bit late in mm. breaking up a pin um, in that he was jumping off the top rope to break up the pin. And as Roberts was going to deliver the three mm. and the two unlimited guy was nowhere there, Roberts looked up and saw the two unlimited guy and that was enough to right. kind of stop the count. It was really good ring awareness from I, him there. I think that match uh, may have been the one where I've this, the only time I've ever done this yeah. was I submitted a thing to Botchamania right. because there was a moment where Tommy End was pinning one of two Unlimited and Michael Dante broke up the pin. Yeah, I remember that. Um, which was special. It was yeah. a special moment. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think, so there are, there are obviously a few different types of referees. Mm. Um, there's you straight down the line official yeah. referee. There's, um, you know, your Joel Allen don't really take any shit. We'll talk back to you. Um, if you mess about, you're going to get pushed back by the referee and you're probably going to end up tumbling over somebody else who has crouched yeah. down behind you. Um, and then there's your gimmick comedy referee. Mm. And this has happened less and less um, recently. Um, and uh, the biggest proponent of this um, is suffering from an injury at the moment. Yeah. But... Basically, the heart, the first half of this whole run of this podcast was us raving about Shea Persa mm -hmm. and um, the great character that he was. So there are times when a good, like the referee can be a good addition to the show as a character in and of themselves. It's, it's, it's seldom, it's few and far between where it really works. Um, but uh, that's exciting as well, I think. Yeah. Um, should we move on? Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're back with Mike Edge uh, once again. What percentage of the distance to the moon have you travelled for the grabs since starting the podcast? Um, I mean, we worked out last year, or I sat and worked it out, that last year, which was a 50-show year for both of us. Um, yeah. Maybe a little bit. I did, think I, I did 52, you did 51. Um, so a little bit over. Um, 7,000 miles last Something year. Something like that. Um, I, I worked out the year before. Um, the year before was, was a similar amount, perhaps a bit less, because last year we were making lots of trips to Cardiff and Bristol. Yes. Um, this year we've not really made those trips at all. It's a lot less of a, a, a year um, for us. Um, In the 30s this year. Yeah, late 30s. We're, yeah. We'll both touch 40, I think, by the end of the year. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that has been Wolverhampton and Bethnal Green. Um, a lot of it yeah yeah like i think most of the shows we've been to are those two places yeah um so it will be a lot less um i don't know how far away we are from the moon and i don't know how much traveling we've done let's say 12 percent. okay i think that's going to be yeah. very generous actually let's say two percent okay I'm going for that. Um, That's a fact now. It's yeah. Absolute fact. I'm sure somebody will, Jan Buxton, will tell yeah. us how much 2% represents. Yeah. I reckon since we've started doing this podcast, we've probably done... Uh, when did we start this? 2017? 2017, yeah. Beginning of 2017. Was it? No. Yeah. Yeah. It was like very beginning yeah. of last year. So nearly two years, I reckon we've done about 10,000 miles. Okay. Yeah, so Jan, get on that. Get on it. <laughs> okay. Um, Next question uh, from Adam East. Do you, know, do you know Adam East? No, I don't know who that is. Yeah. Um, he's the worst East, brother. Yeah. I think, yeah. Um, after being Grapp's Globetrotters, um, we haven't tried the globe. We've, we've been to Wales, but yeah. that doesn't really count as... Like, <laughs> it's another country, foreign, does it? Yeah. Um, and taking in, I think, less shows this year, we just said. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
where do you want to go to more next year nowhere (laughs) um i'd quite like to go to somewhere where i can be home within half an hour yeah um so very local yeah northampton that would be great wouldn't it yeah so someone start running northampton um Uh, yeah i mean honestly like there there are a bunch of places that that actually places that we intended on going to this year that we never made it we never made it to tidal Uh, Um, we wanted to make it to tidal um i mean i haven't have I been to Riptide this year? Was that last year? No, I year? went to Riptide. Yeah, so I haven't yeah. been to Riptide this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, we haven't really been to Progress this year no. so much. I mean, I wanted been, to go but... to Anarchy. Yeah, um, that hasn't worked no. out. No, so, I mean, there's plenty of places. Uh, like, I, w- I would, part of me, I mean, I've got, we've got season tickets for Fight Club Pro. Yeah. And, I mean, we'll, we'll probably end up going to some Eve shows. Yeah. I mean, we've got tickets to Wrestle Queendom yeah. too. Um, but, part of me would almost like to go to a different show every time like yeah. a different promotion i don't feel like for, for, for you know a level a sort of accusation at fight club pro i don't feel like i'm getting enough of a like story regular no. storyline um satisfaction there for it to be yeah. worth me going every month although we are uh, we are going every yeah. month um but like if if there was a situation where I could be guaranteed to get quality shows elsewhere, um, then I would do that. Yeah. And I mean, that's not to say, like, um, there was a time where we just went on the off to Telford. Yeah. Um, and we loved the show so much that we kept going back. Yeah. Um, so we could be tempted to to attend a, another promotion regularly. I was talking to um friend Tim last night about this, that looking at next year like, and the things that um, outside... Uh, fight good pro and good um that i've already kind of got earmarked for next year yeah that i'm almost kind of chasing the freaks um because uh the there's a number of attractions that i want to see yeah so the the shows that i've already kind of hard penciled in for next year are shows where i'm gonna see um maybe pco um his contract's a bit up in the air at the moment don't know tom lawler um shuji ishikawa joe During. um so like one-off people that you don't see you know every week yeah that that may be what i'm doing next year i'm I'm chasing the freaks yeah um for me i don't know i i want <laughs> um as uh, pointed out in the question we've been to less this year yeah and there's certainly a possibility that it'll be less again next yeah. year so you know it'll have to be fun mm-hmm. um it'll have to be unique um maybe i'll end up at some bigger shows yeah. somehow because those tend to be ones where you're guaranteed to get a lot of different stuff or at least like they are bigger because they are presenting something that isn't being shown elsewhere yeah were well, you going to strong style 16 again I'm yeah i'm gonna going need to your pen yeah <laughs> we'll be there um with joe atherton wrangling joe atherton yeah um and obviously wrestle queendom too which yeah. last night was announced as a um crossover with uh stardom yeah japanese lads are coming from japan um and i'd like i'd like to go to something like anarchy i'd like honestly part of me like there's there's like i'm interested in some of the promotions that are showing up at resistance although the resistance as much as i love it it is it it is draining to me it's very a little warm bit. in there last night it's warm it's yeah. close um so i'm excited about the idea that loads of little promotions are running a tiny little yeah. venue but at the same time uh, do you wish it. that venue was the cockpit <laughs> i don't know i like if there was something like the cockpit which had the vibe of resistance yeah so felt a little bit sort of dangerous so you want resistance with seats what i want is the fiction that's what i want yeah yeah alas um so yeah i don't know less (laughs) the answer to the question is where like where do you want to go more to next year is nowhere yeah so we've got a few questions next which are addressing the elephant in the room yeah and there isn't an elephant in the room it's quite a nice big hall but you probably would get an elephant in here yeah you could probably get an elephant in here give it a go yeah no i mean i don't know how we would get it in oh through the back window yeah, we'll have to take that. I mean, I think you struggle to get it through those bay windows, but oh. um, maybe, maybe. Well, baby elephant. 
Well, you definitely get a baby elephant in, but that's not really the point, is it? Yeah. You get a baby elephant in a lot of rooms. Do you know what? You don't hear baby elephant walk enough at wrestling shows. Yep. Do, 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 okay, uh, Paddy do, do, do. Townsley asks, well, actually do, do, starts with a statement. Do, 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 um, for the past couple of years, do. British wrestling has been like the housing market. People are always saying the bubble will burst and have been since 2016. So that's a statement. Yeah. Well, that's not a question, so no. I should have just deleted that part. Yeah. My questions are, does the WWE NXT UK provide new stability for the market with further promises of growth? It's a bit much, isn't it? <laughs> and what will be the proverbial kaplunk straw that makes all the marbles fall? Right. <sighs> okay. So, NXT UK. Yeah. It's the thing at the moment, isn't it? Um, there's it's what everybody's talking about. Yeah. Because there's a lot of talk about contracts. Yeah. Actual contracts. Yeah. Um, ones that people sign and not, get Not made for. up fantasy contracts. No. Um, and whether those contracts... Um, will prohibit people from appearing in certain places. Um, that is the negative side right, of WWE UK, and perhaps we'll talk about that in a moment. The positive side is that it does, in a way, provide a bit of stability for, for the market. So the Paddy's right to ask that question, in that um, WWE are not, I mean, not lately. They've done it in the past. Uh, not in the habit of abandoning something very quickly. Yeah. They tend to give it time to, to work itself out. Um, so for the next couple of years, even though uh, I would say that the timetable for the start of uh, NXT UK has been influenced by World of Sport and, and other stuff, perceived threats, um, I think this is a plan they've had for a while. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I think they're, they're going to see it through. So for the next couple of years, um, there is going to be a place where, um, and I don't know the financial details of it, but presumably people can get paid to be WWE wrestlers. Uh, sorry, independent contractors uh, working for WWE. Um, and so make some money. Although, um, if it's anything like NXT in America, I think the, the athletes at the Performance Center are actually paid a wage. Yeah, um, they are employees of WWE um, because, as part of their contract, um, they have to turn up to work. Every right, day. Okay. they're not contracted to do like a show. Um, they're nine to five. Yeah, so I think it's slightly different. So, but who knows? Because it's contracts, no one's talking. Um, so it will provide some stability there. Um, it's also the past couple of years have with the um, the way that the path has opened up into WWE through NXT mm -hmm. for people who previously maybe wouldn't have made that step because they're too small or their style is too different or they're too indie. Yeah. Um, it gives people something to aim for from the bottom as well. Yeah. Um, I know, I mean, my my wrestling career in, in very inverted commas um, was a long time ago. Um, and the ceiling there um, was working for All Star if you wanted to. Um, there was no chance really of going to America and making it unless you were six foot eight, um, yeah, and you know a massive muscle beast. Um, whereas now, a Pete Dunne, who you know he's put on the pounds and stuff, but certainly when he started turning heads, he wasn't physically imposing it was his work that got him and mark andrews who is in shape but is very small um these people have got a path now yeah. to to making money um and making a living as and and becoming names um i was talking to someone last night and saying that how weird is it that um the phrase you can't use pete dunn as a draw anymore is a thing yeah do you know what i mean so i think it will in that way provide some stability um, and that is one of the upsides and maybe also with the WWE name attached it might bring in new eyes I, I think what will provide some stability for not only the companies that are involved with WWE NXT UK but also the other promotions are kind of on the outside mm. is some clarity in the delineation between who can do yep. what and we're still not getting that 
I no. think like it's gonna that's gonna be an ongoing thing. Um, from what we're hearing, there are different types of contracts with certain people not allowed to do anything, yeah. or not only allowed to do pre-approved NXT UK affiliates. Yeah. Um, but then there are other people who are allowed to sort of roam the halls of British <laughs> wrestling, picking up whatever they want. Yeah. Um, but being able to be like called back at a moment's notice mm-hmm. to um the wwe um embrace yeah um and that's that's kind of frustrating for me um i think <clears throat> i think a lot of promotions will benefit from drawing a line under it themselves to some extent yeah um and I, I, this might not be the best for the workers involved but i think you'll see some promotions <sighs> slow down on using some of the yeah. people who are kind of on the peripheries of the NXT UK stuff for fear of the, their plans being yeah. um, t- and, up to upended. And, you know, from the promoter's point of view to the workers, mm. it's kind of saying to the workers, you, you can't have your cake and eat it. Yeah. You know, I can't make plans for you um, and then know that, quite understandably, you're going to say to me, a week before the show, WWE want me. Yeah, um, and th- that's fine for your career. It's a hindrance for my for my booking. Yeah. Um. So I'm not. I'm just not going to use you. Yeah. Um. Unless not using the likes of you is is you know uh, affects my gait. But there, so there's another thing to sort of consider with that particular scenario, and again, uh, not to sort of get anybody's backs up, but the people who are on these contracts are not going to be the people that are the focus of the NXT UK show. No. They're going to be the people um, kind of on the undercard mm-hmm. or kind of being used in a certain way that is not there to enhance their yeah. stature. It's there to enhance other people's stature. Yeah. So from the promotions on the outside, like, yeah, there are going to be some promotions where being able to sort of um, slap an NXT UK sticker on your poster and go... Oh, here's so and so from NXT UK. You've seen them on the network if you watch that particular show. Yeah. Um, or just say WWE star um, is going to be valuable. But then there are going to be other promoters and other promotions where to have somebody who's getting beaten every other week on NXT UK um, isn't going to make them a valuable part of your show. Come, come and see the guy who lost to Dave Mastiff. Yeah. Like you know? there, there, there is an element to that. Like I think I, I've had this sort of um, sort of thought about the way the NXT UK thing has sort of played out. When especially when they signed, when they came back, this sort of mm-hmm. with this second sort of tranche of signings, and they seem to be grabbing everyone. Um, and obviously, last time, and it's the same whenever anybody has ended up on TV in in recent years people's prices go up. Yep. The demand goes up, people's prices go up. With this second tranche of sign-ins, I feel like you can't sort of say, like as a worker, I think it would be disingenuous of you to go, oh, I need more now because I'm doing the WWE thing. It's like, yeah, but so is everybody. Yeah. Like, you're not (laughs) unique. Like, I'm sorry, Dan Maloney. Like, I can't give you any more money than I did three weeks ago just because you seem to be back in the WWE fold. You know, weirdly, he's in progress. Well, it? yeah, I mean, maybe we'll How talk about that? Maybe we'll talk, have a little chat about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think there are loads of different sort of layers to this whole thing and like how, whether, whether it makes it more stable. Um, I think clarity and a little bit of time will decide whether yeah it makes it more stable the, the clarity is, is important and this is this is a point that i i want to make um and i kind of snarkily made it on the group in the week that if if you sign a contract with somebody or you sign somebody to a contract i have no right to know what's in that contract it's between you and them but I can also make assumptions as what's in that contract. And if I make a, an incorrect assumption and you just tell me, no, that's that's not right, then it's kind of also on you because you're not giving me any information 
as to why I'm wrong. It's it's the 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 the, the line that's trotted out at the moment um, seems to be well, no, you're just reacting rumours. Well, well, tell me what's wrong with those rumours. You know, give me some clarity. Give me some idea of where I'm standing mm. um, because I'm a I'm a customer, um, and with with wrestling, you're you're a kind of a dual customer in a way. You're a customer of the promotion, but you're also a customer of certain wrestlers. So, if if a promotion books Pete Dunn, you might ne- not necessarily go to that promotion, but you would go to see Pete Dunn at that promotion. Yeah. Um, so if I'm going to invest in in um, somebody and spend my money on them, then I w- I need to do that from a position of of knowledge in a way. Um, so. I need to trust the promoter that they're they're going to be there, um, and I need to trust the wrestler that he's not going to suddenly kind of disappear. Mm. Um, and again, that's entirely the the choice of the wrestler. But there are other people I could invest in who are not going to do that to me. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think just another little sort of um, thread to pull on here. Um, I've been thinking about what promotions are going to sort of um, be most affected by yep. this this sort of thing. Um, and I actually think the promotions that are going to be more adversely affected are the promotions who are most closely tied to yeah. the NXT UK brand. Yeah, you could be um, right. I think, and obviously it's a different situation, um, but in North America, in the US, we've seen Evolve mm-hmm. become very closely tied with NXT. Um, and they've actually got NXT personalities as their champions yep. um, at the moment. Um, and I think that has affected the perception of their brand. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether it's affected their gates. I don't know whether more people are going. I don't know whether less people are going. I honestly haven't got that. But I know from, my, from where I'm sitting and the type of fan I am, it's like, yeah, I want if I want to watch the NXT guys, I want to watch NXT. Yeah. If I want to watch the great wrestlers that Evolve offer, I want to watch Evolve, but I don't want to watch the NXT wrestlers on Evolve. Yeah. And I don't want to watch the NXT wrestlers being put over all the Evolve wrestlers. Yeah. Um, and obviously in, in that instance, NXT existed separate of Evolve mm-hmm. previously. Whereas here in the UK, you've got your progress, you've got your future shock, yeah. you've got ICW, who are all sort of, it looks like, tied in one way or another with um, WWE NXT UK, but also they existed prior to that. And NXT UK has kind of become a thing in union with those companies um using the same sort of talent there was never a clear separation in the same way having said that and i think we've seen it with the progress show that happened yesterday Mm -hmm. and we're probably going to see it with other shows going forward um it feels like there will be a concentration for those companies and a focus to include certain talent that wwe nxt uk wants to use and that might be progress more than anyone because um from what we we're hearing the three people behind progress are heavily involved in the nxt uk uh programming and it might be that there are people that they want to use on wwe programming that they also think well we'll use them here because it will strengthen them um here yeah um and yesterday we saw the return of El Ligero, Nay Ligero, yeah. um, who seems to have apparently dropped a lot of his lucha style shenanigans and is now just a man in a mask. <laughs> um, and also Dan Maloney, yeah. um, who has made his return at Fight Club Pro recently and is now um, showed up to answer an open challenge in, in progress. I don't know whether that means he's going to be involved in progress going forward. That spot seems to be yeah. a, a guest slot, but it would not shock me. Um, but also sort of different focuses for people like Eddie Dennis, um, people like Mark Andrews, all of these people. Basically, you could look at that card yesterday and go, oh, okay, like more than half the card is people who are involved in NXT UK and then the other half 
seems to be people whose storyline it is that these people are in NXT UK. Yeah. Um, and I think going forward, the more NXT UK influence or um, flavour to these shows is going to be detrimental. Yeah. Because it's, it's going to be NXT UK light. Yeah, or like it's going to be very much a feeder program for NXT UK. Yeah. Um, and I think potentially somebody might like Future Shock might suffer even more from this mm-hmm. because they don't have the clout that a progress does. And if if they're as closely tied with NXT UK as, you know, some may have suggested, you might end up with some lesser NXT UK people being used prominently well, there. that that's that's an important thing because, um, particularly with Progress and ICW and WXW, the talk is and and it's worth saying at this point it's all talk. Yeah, no one is. knows yeah. anything, so you can't give a definitive answer. No. on on what's going to happen, but the talk is that at some point in 2019, um, Progress, ICW, and WXW will end up on the WWE network, uh, and that brings its its kind of issues. Because there, there presumably will be a consistency. Um, so you won't be able to have people on NXT UK and then acting differently under different gimmicks uh, or even at a different level mm. um, on Progress or ICW. Because that will just confuse the market. If you're um, a, a casual... WWE Network viewer, you don't want to tune into WWE UK, uh, NXT UK, and see Damian Weir uh, lose to to Dave Mastiff, and then pick up a progress show and see Chief Deputy Dunn. Well, yeah, there. So I think there's going to have to be some harmonisation, um, not only of of gimmicks, of alignment. So you kind of heels and faces, yeah, um, in different shows, um, and I think also that. Then, then you might get the the thing where um, you were saying about Future Shock becomes like the lesser lights of NXT UK. It might be the progress. Well, yeah, does. potentially. I mean, uh, uh, you know, just to go back to the NXT versus Evolve example, um, the people who are being used prominently in Evolve from the NXT brand are not the NXT stars. No. They are the likes of Street Profits. Yeah, Fabian Ike. No. Yeah. And actually, you could look at the NXT UK brand in and of itself mm-hmm. and go oh, okay so you're sending us like the european guys that you don't really have anything yet for at the minute and the australian girl yeah so anybody who's not from the us yeah um that you want to sort of just get some more seasoning mm-hmm. um so is this even a fully fledged fledged brand in and of itself yeah. it's more like another sort of way to use people yeah. that you don't have a lot of time for elsewhere yeah well paddy's second part of his question is what is the proverbial kaplunk straw mm. uh, that makes all the marbles fall that's a callback to an old game it's very good um, yeah. I, it took ages to sell though um i don't know if it was worth it i quite like a kaplunk really yeah you can get um off-brand ones now can't you yeah yeah, yeah. and also i think they're sticks rather than straws are they i think it's supposed to be straws are they supposed to be straws i think so yeah I, I think, think you would damage idea. a straw with that many marbles. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, I mean, the thing is, there have been uh, other podcasts have touched on this. Yeah. And they've tried to go into it in, in a lot of There depth. are other podcasts. Yes, yeah, believe it or not. Um, and they're, they're very doom and gloom about this. Um, I don't particularly take no. that view. Um, I mean, the first thing, we, we've we've already said it. Who knows what the straw will be because we don't know anything. No. Um, so we can't really say, oh, yeah, when that happens, um, that'll be. I mean, there's at some point in 2019 as well, the talk is that there will be a UK performance center. Um, at that point, at the moment, WWE are using people who are ready for shows, um, ready for TV mm-hmm. in, in a way. Um, that will allow them to take people at a, a lower level um, and get them ready for stuff like that um so you've you've lost the top of the cards um in a lot of cases you've lost the middle of the cards in some cases and you're going to start losing the bottom of the cards um but 
that performance center is only going to have 50 to 70 people there well at, i mean at most it, i can't i can't see a situation where that they have a performance center here in the uk that is of a similar size to no. the us one so it wouldn't surprise me if there were 30 people and it would be a mixture of some uk people but also a lot of the european or you know uh, australian talent basically yeah. non-us talent yeah. that they're using um so uh, some people have posited that a uk development center would be or performance center would be harmful um that it would swallow up a lot of the talent that's out there especially a lot of the sort of younger um talent that kind of on the rise i'm not i'm not kind of saying that's not going to be the case but also you know let it happen like yeah. yeah i think and also if that means that these people are removed like th and this is the thing that yeah. i've kind of said is that there needs to be that delineation between who is nxt uk or who is wwe and who is not yeah. and if they have a full-time performance center that means those people are not going to be scattered to the winds across the rest of the scene yeah. because wwe will not have that that's not the way they do things yeah. um what will be the kaplunk straw? Um, I I don't think there is. There's certainly not any one thing um, that would be crazy. Um, I think we're not going to talk about it too much. Um, but something old, Justin the Hammer Sizem, yeah, um, seemed to have a have a bee in his bonnet about was the idea of nxt uk withdrawing from the uk mm. i don't really understand the, the sort of inherent negative um, negative of that i mean yeah there will be a situation where you have a lot of people that had jobs that now do not have jobs yeah i think the the idea is that if if there is something that is working and popular yeah and then somebody else comes in and takes over that yeah in that market and then pulls out, then you've got to start again. Yeah. Um, I don't think wrestling necessarily do that. Like if WWE pulled out, yeah. Um, let's say that they're running Manchester regularly. Yeah. And then they, they pull out um, and say, right, from next month, there's no more WWE shows uh, in the UK. Um, I would start up WWG. <laughs> And use the guys that they've been using, yeah, and run Manchester, and I will do all right, you know. Um, like the the, the only thing that the, the straw that will that that will make all the marbles fall is if promoters give up, and yeah. I don't mean give up as in stop promoting shows, although that's certainly a thing. Um, there there may be a temptation for promoters to think well. WWE is the thing. Um, it's now in our market. It's now the thing that is selling tickets in our market. We have to be as much like WWE yeah. as we can. What made the UK scene special yeah. over the last few years is that Progress, um, who led the vanguard, ICW, um, who you know slightly more copied off what ECW were doing, mm. uh, but still it was something not being offered at the moment, Created something that that you couldn't get, yeah, from from WWE on the reg, uh, in this country, yeah, um, and so every month you could go to Progress to ICW and get something different, yeah. As long as promoters do that, they will be fine. So I think the promoters that offer something different will always be fine. If promoters and the workers as well, mm -hmm. if those people who are part of independent wrestling are committed to being independent wrestling mm -hmm. and therefore an alternative to wwe yeah. i don't think any of those people will have um a major issue yeah if if that is part of your um you know your usp and the reason detra for your um you know that you're running your show mm -hmm. um is to provide an alternative i think you will go i mean potentially you could go from strength to strength mm 
um, you know, progress grew and grew and grew as an alternative to the perception that people had of British wrestling yeah. in the past. And conversely, what WWE was presenting. Yeah, I mean, I'll take um, Wembley out of the occasion, but progress sold over 2,000 tickets for Brixton. Yeah. On being independent wrestling. Yeah. ICW maybe had a little bit of a help up with some names, but more or less, ICW reached a massive height two years ago, 6,000 people at the Hydro. And in fact, you could argue that it's only since ICW have become a bit more aligned with WWE that their crowds are dropping. Yeah. And I wonder whether it's it's companies like Southside um, uh, or you know PCW that are companies that may struggle with this because yeah. they've always tried to present sort of um a lot of ex WWE guys or mm-hmm. sort of that sort of a style show yeah um if there's more if NXT are running more shows more regularly then the crowds that they get which are more sort of mainstream family yeah. crowds may end up migrating over to NXT UK and their associate shows. Yeah. Those are the ones that may have to make some serious sort of alterations to what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but those of us who are sort of operating underneath the radar, like just to go back to myself as a promoter, my, um, my view on this whole thing, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm not stressed out about this at all. Mm. Um, we've always, ever since the first time round for this NXT UK, um, we've just just common sense avoided anything yeah. that might be a problem. Yeah. And yeah, the, our last show, we had a couple of people um, have to sort of, t- you know, take themselves out of our show to do the WWE shows. Fine. I mean, you know, we're we're in a position where we can make adjustments mm-hmm. we there is no there are no people that we use that we put so much sort of focus on that they are the draw to the exclusion of everybody yeah. else and and maybe it will make promotions and this might be getting into questions that get asked a bit later but it will make promotions focus on different people for instance using good wrestling as an example the the big focus of good wrestling is gene money um and that's because you know that you can trust Gene Money. Not the character, he's horrible. Um, but the guy playing him, he he has got an investment in you because you've put an investment in him. Hmm. Um, I mean, it's, it's no secret, it's kind of, it was half said on the show. Like, he uh, left a family barbecue to come and appear <laughs> at your show and then went back to the family barbecue after it rather than just saying, no, I can't do the show that day. Because you've put an investment in him, uh, he's putting an investment back in you. So promotions will have their guys. And the knock-on from that, which is something that we've been asking for for a while, is shows will look different. Yeah, You won't have the same shows, same people on every show. Okay, let's move on to another question. Okay. Uh, Ian Hamilton. Hi, Ian. Uh, he says, uh, NXT UK is burning through their tape stuff with double headers. How would you have done it if starting airing earlier isn't an option? Now, I wasn't aware of this. I, I, I knew that they'd done it a couple of times. I wasn't aware that they're still doing I've it. I've got no idea. Um, and apparently will be doing it right up to TakeOver um, because they want to get to the point where TakeOver um, is all new okay. and reacts to right. stuff they've taped. So they're showing two episodes every week, one after the other. Um, now, the first thing I would have done if I had to do that is uh, I would have either re-edited the show yeah, uh, so it's a two-hour show, yeah, um, or I'd show them on different days. Now, not many people are uh, tuning in at a certain time. Some people are, you know. That's, uh, people are still quite wedded to, right, you know, nine o'clock on a Wednesday. Is that's... the NXT UK show on at a time that is reasonable for people yeah, in the like, UK? Yeah, it's a UK prime time. Oh, is it? Time. Okay. Um which means afternoon time in, in this sense. Yeah. Um, I would have put it on different nights at, at those times. Okay. Um, so you twice a week, like EastEnders. Yeah. You tune in at the same time twice a week. Um, doing two episodes. And apparently th- they've even done it to the point, um, which is slightly worrying even at this point that they're doing this, where they'll say, uh, next week we'll have. Right, okay. And then next week is like 10 minutes later. Yeah. Um, which is just lazy. Yeah. 
Um, so I would have recut it that way. But they did what they did. Uh, I don't know why they waited so long to start showing stuff. Um, but they did. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any major issue with what they're doing in that respect then. I mean, uh, as I say, this is news to me, what I'm hearing just now. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think the idea of editing into a lengthier show would have been better. I mean, there's always the option to just cut stuff. Yeah. Like, if if, if you're going to run too long, just drop some stuff. Yeah. Like, if it's not essential to what you're trying to get to at TakeOver, just drop it and then start again yeah. like after that. Put it on as bonus footage. You put it on YouTube. Yeah. Like, just, you know, you don't... It doesn't need to... You yeah, don't fact, need I mean, to. That, that's a great way of um, selling it to people who aren't subscribing to the network. And there still are people. Yeah. Um, yeah, you put ma- matches on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, or you yeah, you could have done a secondary sort of little mini show. Yeah. A kind of a, just... like a, a heat or yeah. a superstars for NXT UK. Um so there there are ways they could have worked yeah. around it, but you know, if they if they're married to the idea that they get to take over um with the tapings they've got, then yeah, just put out a couple of episodes at a time. Yeah. Um not not ideal. Yeah. And yeah, it sounds a bit silly to go next week and then they come back straight away, but People well, aren't watching, for the most part, aren't watching on a schedule anyway, are no. they? So, no. Um, right, let's wrap this, this bit up. Yeah, I think we're... Okay, so we're going to have to go to a third part, yeah, aren't we? Are. we? Um, so, uh, Joe Afton's come back with... Uh, now that the WWE NXT UK contract is the hot button topic uh, of conversation. It is a hot button topic. Yeah, yeah, we've just yeah. talked about it for ages. Um, who do we think will be getting big pushes next in various promotions? Well, then also we've got a question from Dave Green that is kind of along those same lines. Mm. So sort of um, around the same topic that other people have mentioned, but like which wrestler on the UK scene do you think it's utterly unfathomable that they haven't been signed to any deal, be it NXT UK, World of Sport or anything else? So rather than talk about pushes in various promotions which could be here all day uh, which would require us having deep intense knowledge of tidal or yeah um, you know i don't know north wrestling um let's talk about who are the sort of hottest free agents Mm -hmm. and where we see that they might be next year yeah um i think if i can go first yeah there's a um there's a name that kind of jumps to mind for me that i think is somebody who will probably be a big star over the next year mm-hmm. that isn't one of the top guys at the moment. Yep. Um, there are still a couple of top guys who um, who are hanging around that aren't affiliated. Um, but one of the people I think will be one of the top guys sort of this time next year, um, and that's Chris Ridgway. Yep. Um, I think he's got a lot of the tools that those sort of companies look for. Mm-hmm. Um, if he... I think maybe he's got a hard-on for Japan, so yeah. maybe that's where he wants to be. Um, Defy are flying him out to Seattle uh, to fight the Pentagon Man. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, that's so good for him. So he's been noticed there. Yeah. So, um, well, he uh, he's always, ever since the first time I saw him, which I think actually may have been his first ever paid-for match, right. if I remember rightly, which is at an art centre in Birmingham yeah. um, many moons ago. Um, I've always sort of thought he looks like one of those American indie wrestlers. Yeah. Um, you know, he looks like your Davy Richards, your sort of those guys who were sort of knocking around ROH in like 2008, 2009. Um, and I think there's still a lot of, there's a lot of room for, uh, not improvement, that's not the right word, but sort of growth and mm. sort of exposure for Chris Ridgeway. Yeah. Um we we just kind of mentioned him. Yeah, uh, Gene Money. I think uh, I see a lot of Gene Money through going to good. Yep. Um I'm going to go and see him next week at Head Drop Wrestling. Um teaming with uh Pastor William Eva who's now a weird street preacher. Um so I'm looking forward to that. Um I think he's got a huge upside. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can wrestle. Um his his fundamentals are great. Uh, he yeah. can do straight wrestling. He doesn't often do straight wrestling. No. Uh, he can do straight wrestling. He can do comedy um, yeah. to the point where you are actually lolling. Um, he can talk, which is, you know, a, a very underrated skill. Um, saw last night uh, Laura Di Matteo cut a promo 
um, and she's a one-old name again in a, in a minute. Uh, Laura Di Matteo cut promo. Never really heard Laura Di Matteo speak before. Um, she's got something there, but she's not a natural talker. Um, whereas Jean Money can talk for days. Yeah. So I think Jean Money should, if there's any justice, um, get pick up more bookings on the back of. Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah. Um, um, I think, and there are still some questions about her contract mm. um i don't believe she's actually concretely signed with wwe um but i think you'd be mad to look past millie mckenzie mm-hmm. this year um especially if people like tony storm are disappearing from the scene yeah um and Ginny. um it looks like that's the way that's gone um but millie mckenzie i think will continue to sort of rise over the next mm. year um, not not really a lot more to say about. No, I Millie. think where Millie will benefit is WWE historically are reluctant to sign people under twenty one. Yeah, um, and she's still got a couple of years uh, before yeah. she gets to that. So those are the the couple of years that can really make her name. Um, and I don't know. You you hear rumours and whispers uh, that maybe she's been advised not to sign. Mm. Um, which would certainly, I think it would leave her in a position of power at the moment. Yeah. Um, because then she can build herself a bit more it, uh, and go in at a, a level above where she'd ordinarily she's be. She's still incredibly now. young. She's 18 mm-hmm. years old. I think if she was to sort of step back and look at it, because um, I think she's got quite a smart head on her shoulders mm-hmm. and say, I don't need to be signed until I'm 24. I will go and do everything else I can yeah. and then worry about WWE when I am a fully fledged wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Pete Dunne had been around since he was a baby um, and then got signed in his early 20s. Yeah. Um, and he had had a world of experience at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and Millie's already better positioned than Pete was a few years ago yeah. in terms of like exposure, in terms yeah. of opportunities. So there's no reason why, if she sticks at it, she can't be the best women's wrestler in yeah. the world in a few years' time. I mean, beyond that, you've got the the two that stick out. Although one is under a contract and one is rumoured to be signing a contract. Mm-hmm. Um, Haskins and Havoc. Yeah. Um, Havoc is probably, with the best women in the world, never going to be signed by WWE. I mean, he might be. I've been wrong before in the past, but he's not really what they look for. No. Um, Haskins maybe is, but for some reason, you know, it's, it's very small. It's isn't gone he, Haskins. Um, Haskins is rumored to be signing with Ring of Honor next okay. year. Um, and who knows if he'll do a skull then and, and disappear from our do scene. Do a skull. Um, although skull, I mean, it's slightly different skulls. Like personal life is in America. Haskins personal life is in the UK. Yeah. Um so Skull also has the ja- the Japan of course, stuff. Yeah. The Japan stuff. The Japan stuff. Yeah. Um Havoc is under contract with MLW. Yeah. Um so he, he has his stuff there. Um so they they've been kind of two pillars of the scene and they might pick up a bit more yeah. um from these promotions. Beyond that you're looking at younger guys and well, and the opportunities are there for I mean you can list them like Bino, Spike Trevay, the OJMO um, you know, Jamie Hayter. Well, there's two two more names that I think will be sort of towards the top end. Um, and I can't believe we haven't mentioned him already, but Chris Brooks yeah. obviously is, you know, love him or hate him, um, one of the biggest stars in British wrestling mm-hmm. right now. Um, one that has seemingly sort of set his stall outside of WWE. Yeah. I th- I'm sure there are ambitions that he has. Um uh maybe they are in east asia i don't know mm-hmm. um you know i think that he would love the opportunity to go and work over there i think there are a few people sort of in the rev pro sort of circle yeah. that are hoping that that those opportunities come aussie open spring to mind um but also someone that i think had a really good year and um Actually, maybe we talk about him a bit later, but um, it's Chuck Mumbo. I think yeah. he has kind of come into his own as a wrestler this year and has yeah. had a lot of opportunities. Um, so I think he'll sort of continue to sort of grow with yeah. that. Um, I think let's let's break off again. Okay. Let's um, let's finish up part two. Yeah, we're good to you people. We're, we're this. cutting it into bits. How much content is this? I know. Um, you lucky people. <laughs> um, so... 
We're going to end part two. We're going to be right back with part three um, with a bunch more of your questions. So sit tight, uh, make yourself a cup of tea, maybe a sandwich, um, maybe eat a bag of pickled onion monster munch, um, which I'd like, but I haven't got any in the house, unfortunately. You can have a mince pie. Um, but until then, um, don't, please don't, don't fall asleep. Don't go to bed. Thank you.